thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Grab your word. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 6. We're starting a brand new series. This series is going to run about, uh, it'll run up to Turkey Day at least. Uh, not a fan. And I just need a preference something to you. You need to hear me. I love you. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. This, when, when, when a pastor says that, you just go ahead and buckle up. Okay? I'm just going to tell you, this is, this is going, man, you're, you're going to sit at work on Mondays and hardly even be able to work because you can't finish chewing from Sunday. I mean, it, it's just going to be that kind of stuff. And what I'm going to do today is just kind of just give you kind of the chips and dip. I'm just going to introduce it to you. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, we're going to dive in pretty deep next week. Uh, but this is just kind of an intro. I need to set the table just a little bit. And, uh, but I, I, but I wanted just to say that to you. Don't stop coming. I mean, you come. Don't miss a session because this thing kind of builds on itself. And if you miss one, you're going to kind of want to play catch up. And this is really hard to play catch up on, okay? Uh, and what's real cool is when we come out of this, we're going to enter into the Christmas season. You're going to see... Wow. <laughs> you're going to see the Christmas story in a way that you've never seen it before. After this, it's going to look totally different. I'm just telling you. You're going to see this. You're going to see the shepherds. You're going to see the magi. You're going to see the magi totally different than you saw them before. So whatever was awesome last Christmas, <laughs> you're going to, it's going to be even, as they say, gooder this time. Okay, so uh, go to John chapter 6. Familiar story, just kind of want to read this. Um, we've heard this story, but I kind of want to just set it up with this. Look at verse 1, John chapter 6. This is the feeding of the 5,000. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed over to the far, side, the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And a, cr- a great cl- crowd of people followed him because they saw miraculous signs that he had performed on the sick. And then Jesus went to the mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Asked the only, he only asked this only to test him, for he already knew, had in mind what he was going to do. If you have your own Bible, you can kind of circle test. He'll do that to us too. It's called the Philip test. I don't mean to stop and preach, but the Philip test happens to us. God knows what he's going to do. He kind of just asks us to see what we're going to answer. It's a setup, okay? You may have been there with me. I've had a bunch, okay? Verse 7, Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There were plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, and 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had had enough or feasted, 
to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces left over, let nothing go of waste. So they can gather them, filled twelve baskets with leftovers, five barley loaves left over with those who had from those who had eaten. Verse uh, fourteen. After the people saw the miraculous signs that Jesus did, they began to say, "Surely this is a prophet who had come down, come into the world." Jesus, knowing that they indeed had come to make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. We know this story real well. I kind of want to just. Read a little bit of that. We're going to be in the whole chapter of verse 6 today. Don't be alarmed. There's a bunch of verses in here. I don't know. But after this happens, there is a great crowd of people that he feeds. We're told that there are 5,000, around 5,000 men that are seated. That doesn't account for the children and women that are there as well. Okay? So there's a ton of people here. When he finishes this feast, he departs with his disciples. And if you keep reading down here, uh, Jesus leaves and heads across the sea, okay? Now, here's what's interesting about this. Jesus doesn't take the boat. The disciples take the boat. They get there. Jesus doesn't take the boat, okay? Jesus walks on the water, okay? Now, he's walking on the water, and the disciples see him, and then he enters their boat and goes the rest of the way and docks, and they stay there. Now, in the morning when they wake up, the people are hungry. They're looking for Jesus. Why? Well, Jesus, a.k.a. their meal ticket. They want to eat again. That's why they're looking for him. So they realize that the boats were gone, but they say these interesting words. But Jesus didn't enter those boats. He didn't enter those boats because he walked on that water. Okay, the disciples took the boat. So there's some other boats that came up overnight, and, and the people started getting in the boats, chasing after him. Okay, now what has just happened here is this Jesus has closed the all you can eat buffet. That's what happened. I mean, these people followed him not because of who he was but because of what he did, okay? I want you to think about church in America. I want you just to picture church in America. I want you to ask this question to yourself. Everybody who parks in those parking lots, walks in those doors, are they walking in for an encounter with a living God? Are they walking in to see what God will do for them? You say, well, they're kind of the same thing. Hmm, are they? Are they? I want to look at verse 26. Because he kind of turns, he kind of he does a little. Jesus changes everything. This is all fun, and now all of a sudden it's, it's about to change on them. And I'm not sure they're ready. Verse 26 says this. After the people arrived, Jesus answered, I'll tell you the truth. You're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You see, now he done messed it up. Okay, he's messed it up. And all you can eat buffet is a really cool, fun place. But now Jesus done messed it up. He done changed the tone of the whole thing. 
Basically, he wants to know, am I enough? That's what he's asking him. Jesus wanted to know, were they interested in him or what he could do for them? You want me or my stuff? <laughs> you say, well, man, that, that's an unfair question. No, that's a great question for the church today. Because if you haven't noticed in this world that we're living in, it is not getting any prettier. Amen. The heat is starting to get turned up, I mean, big time. You, you heard the illustration where they drop the frog in the, in the water, in the boiling water, and because it's hot, he just jumps out. So they say, hmm, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make this water just a little warm, just barely above cold, so it doesn't shock him. But then every little bit, we're going to turn the heat up, and he'll die and won't even know it. That's what's happening. We're all in this little ocean <laughs> swimming around, and the heat's starting to get turned up, and we don't even realize it until it's too late. My friends, I'm going to tell you, if you're a born-again child of the king walking in America today, you're seen as an enemy. I'm sorry to tell you. Okay? Now, that's a hard word, but I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to get rougher out there. And the church has got to be a place of refuge, it's got to be an embassy for people to run to. Because today, you need the real Jesus to make it through. You don't need a Texas Jesus, American Jesus, Baptist Jesus. You need a biblical, Bible-thumping Jesus. And this is what you're finding here. Jesus is saying, look, I, man, I love all of y'all. I do, and I'm so glad that you came and you ate with this little boy. And I mean, and you made his lunch disappear, and all this other stuff. I'm glad to feed you. I'm glad to amaze you. I'm glad to fill you up. And I'm really glad that you made the effort, boy, to come across this lake, to come by and see me again. And you see what it said. Hey, Rabbi, uh, when did you get here? <laughs> uh, never mind. So, so they, they're following him. So they're really, they, they love Jesus. But see, here's the deal. He knows their heart. And see, the times for Jesus are about to get much worse, much worse. And if you're with Jesus, it could cost your life. And he's simply sorting mail right now. He seems like, guys, listen to me. I know we had fun with the fish and the loaves, and that was some sweet grass that you sat on. But I'm just going to tell you right now, you keep hanging with me, and you may, you may hang on a tree. You know what I mean? And you may not get to choose to come down. So you've got to really understand something. You've got to decide if you're after me or you're after my toys and my stuff. Are you just going to follow me when you're hungry? Or are you going to follow me when you're starving and when you've got nothing else, man? I'm going to tell you, America has got to start sorting the mail of whether this Jesus is worth following. And they better get serious about it. Because I'm going to tell you, it's fixing to get tough. Fixing is not a good word, but I'm just going to tell you, it fit, okay? It's going to get rough, okay? And so what he does in, channel, in, in, in verse 26 is he is just simply saying, I love you, but do you have any idea what you're about to walk into? If you keep coming behind me after my snacks, okay, it could cost your life. 
It could cost your life. Y'all like, man, this is an intro. What is this? All right. Now I want to skip down to verse 35. So he turns up the heat. He tells them, hey, here's a deal, man. You've got to figure out why you're after me. The story continues to verse 35, and Jesus simply kind of takes it up one notch more. Look at what he says. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Mm. Now, they, they've just come from an all-you-can-eat buffet. And they got hungry and decided to catch a boat that was left overnight that wasn't even theirs. That's the first sign of stealing right there. They got in a boat that wasn't even theirs. And they took it across this ocean to, to Jesus, okay? Now, Jesus is simply saying, man, what are y'all doing? We're just following you. No, you're not. You're hungry. You're not following me. You're hungry. And so he tries to say to him, you got to be careful because if you keep coming after me, it's going to cost you. But here's the deal. If, if, if you have to understand that I'm the bread of life, if you take me, you will never thirst again. Never. Never. It's like you told the woman at the well. Same thing. All right? In verse 35, Jesus does this. He offers himself. He just says, am I enough? That's what he says. Today, I want to pose the same question. Is Jesus enough? You left here and you went home and your home had burned the ground. All memories, everything you had. And then while you're in there looking at your house, someone steals your car. And your kids are in it. And so they crash. And so they all die. And there's you. What you gonna do? Cursing. Job's wife told him, just cursing. Just cursing. Nope, he can take it all, but I'm not going to curse him. I'm not. I'm telling you, man, there are people today that went to church in foreign countries, and they walk two hours barefooted to get there. And they'll stay for seven, eight hours. And they don't have to have a snack dinner in between. There's no entitlement there, okay? They don't remind people, I tithe, I need to eat if I'm going to stay at church this long, all right? They just simply worship Worship, 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 worship. Guys, I'm telling you, I have it easy, and you have it easy. And even on my toughest day, it's not that tough. Jesus, is he enough? Is he absolutely enough? Because what you see today so much is a bunch of fans. The fans, and they got a hat for all 32 NFL teams, and whoever's having the best season, they put it on. Sorry, Daryl. All right? <laughs> they put it on, all right? 
Daryl comes over to my house after the Chiefs beat the Cowboys. You know what hat he's got on? Thank you. He's so predictable. So, so they put it on. And that's what we see in the church. That's what we see. Boy, when my checkbook's good and my stocks are good and my business is doing great, whoo, put my Jesus hat on and I'm going to church. When my son makes bad choices, when I don't know what to do with my teenage daughter, when my husband won't come home because he loves work more, and I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage next month, where do we go? Not to Jesus. We should, but we don't. Then we get mad because we compare ourselves with everybody else and we wonder why God is not blessing us. Folks, don't keep score. You'll always be miserable. Love Jesus. Let him be enough and follow him. Just love Jesus. In verse 35, suddenly, just suddenly, just like that, man, the only thing on the menu is Jesus. That's it. The all-you-can-eat buffet has been shrunk to Jesus only. You go to Golden Corral, that, not just Jesus. That's all? What about all that other stuff? Took it off. Won't satisfy. You'll be hungry again. You'll be thirsty again. It won't get you done. All we got today, Jesus, $7.99. And you, does that include a drink? Don't need a drink. You won't be thirsty with him. I mean, that's it. In America, man, I'm telling you, it's got to be Jesus, and that's it. It doesn't matter how many Christian t-shirts you got, how many fish are on the back of your car. doesn't mean any of that stuff. I'm just telling you right now. If, is Jesus simply enough for you? That's it. That's the only thing on the menu. That's all. It can't be, well, I don't like Jesus. I don't want it. I want something else. No, there is nothing else. And that's what he's trying to tell them. That's why he's trying to tell them. Suddenly, he just has to say to the crowd, it is time to decide. Time to decide. Are you satisfied right there, or do you want more? Because if you want more, it might cost you. just might cost you, man. I'll say something right here. I want to stop. Most people are caught between verse 35 and verse 66. We're about to get to 66. They're caught right there. They're hung. They're hung. Jesus is everything. He's the only thing on the menu. And then we're going to get to verse 66 in just a little bit, and it's going to scare your pants off, okay? They're hung. Jesus is simply saying, before we go any further... Are you good like you are? I mean, is this enough? Just a little bit of Jesus here and there? Got the T-shirt? Got the hat? Just a fan? Are, are you ready to cross over? Are you ready to cross over? It might cost you something, man. You can't have your, oh, it's girls' night hat. You can't have the, I'm going with the bar hat. You can't have I'm going with the guy's hat. I'm going with this group of guys' hat. I'm hanging with these teenagers. I got to change my hat because I can't put my church Jesus hat on. I got to change hats. You can't be doing all this changing wardrobe, language, lifestyle, all this other stuff. When you decide it's about him and he's the only thing on the menu and you take him, 
You'll never hunger and thirst again. When you decide Jesus is it, you step over, man. And you no longer are a fan of his little dog and pony show. Mm -mm. You're called a follower. You're called the Peter in the crowd, and that girl says, Hey, hey, I know you. I know you. I see, yeah, you were Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, I'm not with Jesus. You got, no, that's my twin brother. Man, we backing up so fast. He couldn't get that thing in reverse quick enough. My friends, today in America, oh, you got to be careful, boy. When you, make, when you step over that line and you say, I'm with, I'm with the king. I'm with the king. Understand something. In foreign countries, they'll shoot you on the spot. I mean, I mean, every single day, while we have church, there'll be hundreds killed because they claim Jesus. I'm, man, America has no idea. We, even when it gets tough here, they won't, they won't let us pray in school. <laughs> I'm sorry. You think that's bad? What if they shoot it? Why do they walk in and shoot the Christian kids in class? You going to raise your hand? Who's with Jesus? I am. I love him. You say, well, that never happened in America. You better be careful. You just better be real careful. And I know you're thinking, this is not a really nice intro. If you want anyone ever to come back again, do not preach like this. Okay? I'm not, I love you. I told you from the beginning I love you. I'm just telling you, it, there's time. Man, we say we are people of the book then we got to fall in love with the only thing on the menu, and that's the Jesus of the book. Man, you got to be ready. So this continues, and I want you to see something. Mm. John 6, verse 66. I don't make this up, okay? I didn't make that up. What's the sign for the devil? 666, you never want to buy a house on 666, your address, do you? All right? 666. Listen to the words of John 666. And not, listen, watch the enemy here. Listen to him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Oh, my gosh. Who? The disciples. They just saw him do miracles. And when he turned up the heat and he changed the menu to just Jesus, and he said, from this point on, there's a line, and now I'm the only thing on the menu. I, I got to tell you, if you keep following me, it could cost you. It could. Are you willing? And some of them, man, turned their back and no longer followed him. No longer. <laughs> what he says in 67, ask again. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Can you imagine that? He does that. He tells them in 26, here's the deal. I'm about to close the buffet. Snack time's over. 
okay? Verse 35, he says, hey, here's the menu now, okay? It's still all you can eat, but you won't need it because once you eat your fill of me, you will never hunger and thirst again. I'll be enough. I'm it. But when you eat here at 35, then he takes him to 66 and says, okay, here's the deal. Here it is. 666, when they heard it, they turned their back and no longer followed him. Mm. Here's some interesting things that happened right after that statement. He doesn't chase after him. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He just doesn't chase after him. He doesn't soften it to get him back at all. He doesn't say, hey, come back for an ice cream social. He doesn't. Potluck lunch. He, doesn't. he just says nothing. Brett, pop that slide for me. You probably got it up there. Here's what Jesus was about. It wasn't the size of the crowd Jesus cared about. It was their level of commitment. Man, what did Jesus do when he had a large crowd? He preached a message warning them of what it was going to be like if they followed him. He tried to chase him away. Let's just say you have a teenage daughter. I have one, 16 years old. I think she's gorgeous. One day, a boy will too. Let's just say Natalie graduates from college. She's beautiful, has a college degree, smart, make a great wife and a great mom. And I watch her every day, and I hurt for her because she hasn't met that special person. Okay? So I, as the loving dad, think, man, maybe I ought to take out a billboard on I-40, get some T-shirts printed up, maybe go buy a fancy Mac computer. Brett can pick it out for me, and I'll have that. And I'll make this available to the guy who wants to come and ask for her hand. Can I ask you a question? That cheapen Natalie does, doesn't it? That just cheapens her, man. Makes it look like the guy who takes me up on that billboard is helping me out because I'm a desperate dad. My friends, too many times in the church, from right where I'm standing, Men will cheapen the gospel. Man, it's hard to say, I'm telling you. <laughs> They'll cheapen the gospel to have a busy front. And they'll get along with their quiet time. And they'll see John 6. Jesus will take that all-you-can-eat buffet and put him on there only. And he'll say, listen, I know you're saved now, but you're about to walk into a public school. They're not going to like you in there. You may have to change your friends. You may not get a date. You get saved, ma'am. Your husband might leave you because he doesn't like church. 
You might get fired from your job. It might cost you something. They make too many times. We cheapen Jesus and we cheapen the gospel to have results in a church so we can go and brag to our buddies. My friends, Jesus never, ever cheapened himself. He tried to talk people out of it because he knew the cost would be great. Today, my friends, there is fans of Jesus and there are followers of Jesus. And as we move forward, you will find out which one you are. It might surprise you, it might not. My prayer is that you fall in love with the Bible Jesus and you realize that there is nothing that you could do. There's no greater thing in the world than to love Jesus and to make his name known. I don't want you to be ashamed of Jesus in this Bible. I don't want you to be a coward about the fact that you're a king's kid. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up and sing your song. Today is an intro day as we put out the fan and we put out the follower. We're going to go a lot deeper on those two subjects. But today, here's the question on the floor. What are you going to do when verse 66 knocks on your door? I'm verse 66. You're going to follow me to 67. You're going to turn. Today, that's what I want you to ask yourself. You going to follow or were you just a fan? Let me pray with you. Father, this morning, Lord, we thank you for your word. Because the bottom line is, you tell them these words, and you tell us these words in John chapter 6, only because you love us so much. You love us. You absolutely love us. And that's what you're saying. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But to follow me, it's going to cost you something. You've got to be willing to pay that cost. It's my name on the line. My name. Today, church, verse 66 is knocking. Will we turn and walk away or will we follow him the rest of our days? Lord, today, in this safe, safe place, may we answer that question. Not with a gun to our head, but just simply, just 
answer that question in this safe place called the worship center. God, this morning, maybe maybe you just need to come to the altar and just surrender. You realize that maybe you've been more of a fan than a follower and you didn't know what to do with verse 66 and you're afraid you might be one of those that would walk away as well. Maybe this morning you want to come and meet that Bible Jesus so you might never hunger again and never thirst again. Maybe you're a family looking for a church home, a solid church that preaches the word home. You just want to come this morning. Whatever you say, Father, we, your people, will do. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. May we bless ourselves now as we say yes to you. In Jesus' name.